Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number four, recorded on Thursday, the 8th of December, 2016. In this episode, we talk about web developers from hell. My name's Nathan Wrigley. I work for a small web development company in the north of England called Picture and Word. And as always, I'm joined by David Wormsley. Hi, David. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. Um, Yeah, so this week, excuse me, we're going to be talking about a whole variety of things, but As always, I think we should start off with a a little bit of news and then I'll hand over to David to introduce the topic, the main topic for this this week's podcast. I've only got three bits of news. I don't know if you've got any you want to add on at the end, David. But um, firstly, this week we had uh, WordCamp US and there was a sort of quite an interesting story which came out of that Mm -hmm. in that there's a hosting company called Pantheon. I don't know if you've heard of them before, but Mm -hmm. they, um, they actually got booted out just the day before the whole of the WordCamp was about to start, this is in Philadelphia, um, Matt Mullenweg and whoever is in charge of these committees decided that they uh, they should no longer be allowed to have a stall. And so it was all quietly packed away by the, the staff, much to the chagrin of the Pantheon staff. And apparently it was all a bit of a storm in a teacup because they, they made up afterwards. But it was all about them putting stickers, large advertising stickers, on the hotel um, lift doors. They had Pantheon stickers and apparently Matt Mullenweg and various other people had decided that this kind of contra- contravened terms and conditions. And rather than sort of discuss it, they just decided they would boot them out. Now, uh, I think, like I say, they've made up afterwards but nevertheless there was quite a lot of furora on well I was reading the WP Tavern podcast and there was quite a lot of people saying look WordPress get your house in order because they weren't doing anything unreasonable sticking some um, stickers on hotel lift doors is not a big deal we all go to conferences and advertising is completely fine WordPresses I suppose it's automatic their uh, their take was you know basically this shouldn't be allowed you shouldn't do extra advertising but anyway weird weird story what do you make of that yeah well i only just really briefly went through the comments there oh there's a lot of these kind of dramas aren't they wordpress dramas it seemed i could see it from both points of view it was ingenious for them to get round the stipulation that they couldn't advertise in the actual conference itself and those areas by going into the hotel itself. That was ingenious, really, I think, as marketing. But I also think that Matt was probably right to Mm. knock this on the head because, Mm. you know, next year it will be more and more and all of the sponsors will then be slapping everything all over the the hotel. Yeah. Well, I've never been to one of these WordCamp events, so my guess is that it's a little bit like the BBC. Is it is it an, an advertising-free zone and, and everybody likes it that way? And if you open the floodgates, there'll be stickers everywhere for every company all the time and you won't be able to avoid it and it'll ruin the experience. Maybe that's what they're trying to preserve. Yeah, so that's my best guess. I, I To be honest, mm. I couldn't understand it. But, uh, you know, I can see both points of view on this one. But I, I think it's kind of right. I think maybe they didn't handle it very well. Um, it would yeah. have been a last-minute thing. But, uh, you know, that's just how communication goes sometimes. Mm. But I, I think it's kind of right to to keep down that yeah. advertising. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. The other piece of news, uh, just two bits really. If you didn't know, then WordPress has released uh, 4.7. Uh, it's called Vaughn. Um, and there are a few notable things in there. Um, to be honest with you, you've probably heard it time and again, but uh, there, there are a few things. I mean, I've, I've updated it uh, on a couple of sites and I've had no problems. I think very, very technically creative sites might run into some problems, but I've updated, I think, three now and everything's run absolutely smoothly. What about you? Have you managed to do that yeah. on any of your sites? Yeah, I, I, th I think most of them. I think there must be 20 plus sites have been updated and we did see, I saw one issue, but I think that was due to the hosting. Yeah. Uh, some of these plugins, they did a, a load of updates. There's not somebody I managed, but uh, they did a load of updates and some of those, including the Beaver Builder plugin, uh, didn't fully load. So their site kind of went odd. Yeah. But uh, but it was just a quick fix, upload it again, and everything was fine. I think I take a conservative approach to all these kind of things in that I don't update uh, immediately. I always wait a day or so, and then I'll only do a couple. And then if everything looks fairly smooth after a few days, then I'll do the majority. I, I take the opinion that there's no major security breach that's caused this to be updated. So nothing mm. strange is going to happen. So I kind of like to see if any big issues arise and uh, looking like I'm going to be busy today updating lots of other sites. So, okay. And the other bit of news is obviously both David and I are very, very keen on the Beaver Builder plugin and they've just uh, released, actually, I think it was on exactly the same day that were 4.7 mm -hmm. landed. They've released uh, 1.9, version 1.9 of the Beaver Builder plugin, which has got a name of Shasta. Um, a few nice little features added in there. I can't say that I've made use much of them, but I know that you have, David. Things like you can drag columns and you can put columns within columns. I think those are the big ones, but anything else? Yeah, well, there was the light box thing that's uh, ah. added to that one. So now you can actually open up a light box from a button, which is really handy if you wanted to stick like short code forms or HTML in there and have them open up. So that's a really handy feature. Hmm. Yeah, I must admit I've not I've not used that one either. So, okay, that's me with the news. I don't know if you've got anything else. No, there was just one thing to add in actually on the Beaver Builder thing. The Beaver Builder theme got a little update. I mentioned it last week when we were talking about it, but it came out on the same time. So now on the posts you can actually have full width and you can have a post without a header and a footer as well. So they added those templates, which which is I've been playing with that and I love it. It was actually quite interesting this week, and I don't know if you, I think you contributed to it. There was a, there was somebody who'd said, is the Beaver Builder theme worth $100? And it yeah. was it was fascinating. Everybody, well, most people jumped in and said, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not worth anything less, that's for sure. Uh, there was a lot of camaraderie, wasn't there, and people sort of expressing their love for the Beaver Builder theme. And, of course... The, yeah. the hope that, well, and expectation that in the coming weeks, months, and years, it's just going to get better and better. It's my default now. It's what I use for pretty much everything. Yeah. And and for me, you know, the, the question seemed a little alien to me. I, I, I've now phrased it that way. But actually, because it's it's a step up to the pro version, I, I originally went for that because of the multi-site capabilities that come with the pro. Mm. So for a long, t long time... I, I paid for Pro, but I didn't use the theme. Oh, so wow. The theme, okay. The, the theme was free to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Are you not? Are you on the agency one? Is that what you mean by Pro, or is there a Pro tier that's called Pro? Yeah, well, the, um, 
the standard is just a plugin without That's multi-site right. capabilities. Yeah. And then you get Pro where you get the multi-site and the theme. And I didn't use the theme. Uh, but then, that... of course, yeah, yeah, I upgraded to agency in the end just because I'm just such a fan of Beaver Builder. I yeah. don't actually, actually don't need the white labeling. Really, no, but, uh... I must admit, I'm on the agency plan and I genuinely don't use the the uh, the white labeling. I've played with it and it works and it's multi-site capable and all of that. But I'm I'm staying there. I renewed the other day, like I said. Um, okay, so should we should we leave the say goodbye to the news and then deal mm. with the main topic? I'm actually going to hand it over to you at this point, David, because I know that you've put the most work into this. So over to you. Okay. Well, in this episode, we're going to move on to. Well, let me go back and say, in episode two, we started to talk about getting clients, how we get them in and out of the door, and our procedures. And last week, in episode three, we started to talk about those tricky clients. In fact, we intended to talk about those heavenly clients that we dealt with, but we just got stuck on the tricky ones. So we thought we would flip it over today and start to talk about the web designers from hell. We would talk and put the spotlight on ourselves and see where we go wrong. This was a su- suggestion, I think, from... Now, how do you say this, Nathan? Is it Ayrton? Well, there's Ayrton. a place just near where I live spelt the same as this, and we pronounce it Ayton. Ayton. But oh, that's okay. not to say that that's how you pronounce the name, but we have a, a, a village called Ayton, and it's spelt just like that. A-Y-T-O-N. So we'll, should we go with Ayton? <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's their suggestion. So we're turning the tables on this one and we've listed some sort of issues, really, I guess, that um, designers have or problems with the way that designers do their business. And we're going to talk around those. So let's crack on with the first one, shall we? Okay. So from our web designers from hell, we thought the first one was those who don't educate their clients. Yes. So, I mean, you've got a few stories here, haven't you, based upon this? So, uh, yeah, go on. F- yeah, fill us in. I was, okay. Well, I was prompted, actually. There was a bit of a conversation in the with our favorite place, the Beaver Builder Facebook group, uh, where a guy called Simon there had posted that their client would come at the 11th hour and ask whether they were going to rank for, on Google for a couple of keywords. And and the designer had done this job quite cheap and said, no, you know, we did mention this, that SEO is not in the package. I just wanted to know how to deal with it. So there was a big conversation about that. And obviously the, the term educate clients came up quite a lot, you know. So, you know, it's our need for us to educate clients. But I, I, had, a, I had a little story. No, you go in. No, no, go on. You, you tell the story and then I'll carry on. Yeah, well, before I really did this as a as my main living I, I attended a course or a couple of courses on seo for my area which was the east midlands in the uk and they were designed for businesses because businesses in that area and they were free paid for by the council in the area because businesses really weren't grasping the web they weren't getting into digital and they wanted to encourage this but on these courses i introduced myself as somebody who did a bit of web design and got booed and this was at the start of the course <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good start and and as we went around the table other people <laughs> explained why they were there because they had had a web designer come in they were happy with their sites but you know months down the line or years down the lane they found that they weren't getting the business that they expected uh, it was really interesting for me because I talked to these people in the breaks and that, and actually the course was over kind of two days. And I worked out really that these people never even thought about it at the time they were building their sites, you know. So it's probably quite likely that they were the same as Simon in the group where they spoke about SEO, 
but the client wasn't ready. Right. And yeah, so maybe we are the designers from hell for not educating our clients, but just maybe think about how do we get around that? What do you think? Well, it, it, is it just you just broke up there a little bit. We'll keep monitoring that, but we we got most of what you said, I think. Um, yeah, so I'm interested thinking about this from the side of a client. Um, I, I don't know if I'm the best at this, but it, if you are, let's say, somebody that's not technical um, and somebody builds you a site, I guess your perception would be, okay, I have a website. I will now feature in Google. I will... You know, there isn't additional work to be done. Um, you would have to be, I guess, a marketing person paid full time um, to, to, to do this kind of stuff to know that even SEO was a thing, possibly. So it might be the expectation of a client that, mm. all right, I've built you a site. It costs very little. We're, it was very affordable. Uh, brilliant. Now, OK, let's wait a couple of weeks. And I fully expect to be visible on Google for a whole bunch of things that I do in my area. I, I sell shoes, for example. OK, great. In my local town, I now expect to be seen. And maybe that's our job. Well, it is our job to um, give them the expectation that, no, that won't happen. There needs to be additional work. So I suppose there's a point of friction where the client expects mm -hmm. this to happen, the web developer absolutely expects that this won't happen, and so the the two collide at some point after the website has been handed over. Um, and I often get questions like that very soon after I've released a site. You know, when will it rank well in Google? Um, and that illustrates that probably I'm not mm. doing as good a job as I should. So, yeah, that, that's my take on it. Maybe we need to have that conversation right at the beginning. I do put it in my proposals, but it's not because SEO isn't a thing that I'm, you know, I'm not specializing in that. I don't make a great big fuss about it. Maybe I should and sell that as a sort of complimentary service. But I can I can completely understand why somebody, a client, would think that we as de designers and developers weren't doing our job because Google weren't ranking us at the top. And that would irritate me if I didn't know better. Mm, yeah. I, I felt with uh, a lot of these people who've come and put two days aside as business owners to go on this course, they were there because something had motivated them to be there. Uh, I think the realization that we've been usurped by their competition on the web, you know, became clearer to them after the time they were building the site. So I'm sure it wasn't even a concern of them. I do have a client, actually, I did a little bit of SEO work, just a few hours, just to see if I can look over a site, see if I can get it listed locally. But I, I remember with that client too, I was pointing out some things they wanted that wouldn't be good for SEO. And they weren't interested in it in the time. So, you know, I think even though we try and educate the clients, it's our job in a way. And if we don't, we're kind of failing. It's so tricky for us to do that because the client has to be in a place where they're ready to want that education. Yeah, I, I also find SEO tricky as well because it's a never ending process. I really like the here's here's the thing to do. Do it. It's finished model of working. I quite like that. <clears throat> Whereas <laughs> SEO is, here's a thing that'll never end ever. Let's keep doing it forever. And I, I'm, I, I like to move on because, frankly, SEO bores me a, a bit. Um, so, yeah, they, they, maybe I don't, uh, you know, encourage people to think about it too much because I don't really want that kind of work. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Actually, there's something I wanted to add to that um, because it's never got covered recently. We talk about SEO as if we kind of are talking about the same thing, but you know, some people are talking about that long-term commitment as you did then. And I often think about it as the fact that clients come to me wanting a website, but they actually don't know what keywords they could possibly rank for. Yeah. And, and that is a little, uh, it's a little module, if you like, a little bit of work that I will do is a, a report, which is fine. It really effectively just looks at the long tail competition in their area so they could pick better keywords to go for yeah that they would have a better chance of getting traffic so yeah it's interesting that one i hadn't seen that one discussed at all because mm. there are two two elements to that seo that uh, on-site seo where you need to do your competitive analysis really yeah yeah mm. uh, that's the that's the easier bit isn't it is making the site uh, compliant if you know what mm. i mean and then there's the never-ending bit um, where it's just a, a mystery to me, really. And I think it's a mystery to everybody, no matter how much you claim to know about it. Ultimately, it's a mystery how on earth it works and how do you get to the top. You try your best and you keep pushing out new content with keywords in it, I suppose. But anyway, should we move on? Mm, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, people, well, our designers who don't explain things in layman terms. So mm. this is meaning... Um, mm. people who speak at a high technical level. Is that what we're talking about? People who um, yeah. use complicated uh, vernacular and mm. they will use abbreviations for things, you know, assume the client knows what CSS is, assuming that they know what an IP address is or all of these kind of things. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it doesn't matter what area of life you you work in, you always get confronted by people who work in another area of life and they can confound you with <laughs> with with within a few minutes if they just start to use technical jargon obviously lawyers being a primary example um yeah. and we i, I some things are almost impossible to explain so i am guilty of this because sometimes explaining the minutiae of things is too difficult or too time consuming so i i am guilty of this and i sort of gloss over it i tend to come up with other ways of describing it so an example might be i i don't really talk about css or html but i do talk about or responsive but i do talk about a website which works well on a phone that kind mm -hmm. of thing and so you can i suppose mitigate it a little bit but yeah i think some probably there's quite a few web developers out there who quite like the badge of knowing the technical stuff mm -hmm and enjoy mm. bemusing people that are around them. <laughs> well, you lost me on minutiae in vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's it's something that I've really struggled with as well. Um, I mean, this is one where we hope we get a little bit of debate afterwards on it, but uh, I've tried to, often I try and write for brevity, and I then I put in a lot of technical terms, hoping that they might understand them. Mm. you know but these days i have learned a few more ways to kind of explain things more simplistically over the years but it's still a struggle yeah i think videos are a good way of explaining things i, I often now if i have mm. clients on my care plan and they have a problem with the website i will often just make a video because i find mm. that's way quicker than trying to explain it and then i'll shoot them the video on youtube or whatever platform we might use 
Wow, and that's in, fascinating. Well, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it takes me 10 minutes to write, okay, go to this menu item, then click this, then click this, and it takes me one minute to do it. And I've got, you know, Camtasia, so I screen capture it. And I, actually on one of my client websites, I just have a page um, that's visible only to admin. Um, and they it's just full of videos, and they just look for the latest video at the top. I say, I've put a new video in, and they go and look for it in there. Yeah. Do you know, I just started doing that recently. Mm. In fact, I've been using my YouTube channels. There's a lot of hidden YouTube channels that have been going out to clients there. Yeah. Um, because that's a really convenient way for them to be able to see something. And yeah, I've been shortcutting it because I, you know, sometimes it takes so long to explain something in yeah. an email. Well, it's yeah. the, the problem, I suppose, is perception. You know, they probably get off the phone from web developers and just think, I didn't understand a thing that that person just said. And, you know, they probably, yeah, I phoned him last week and I didn't understand what he said either. He's an idiot. And actually, you're in, in, I'm, I'm sure that most of us try as hard as we can, but there is a technical barrier and it is hard to explain things in layman's terms if they are inexplicable in layman's terms. It's a bit like you can't explain maths without maths, not really. Um, and so there is going to be an element of that. And I suppose the, the best that we can do is just try to avoid it where possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most of us, I think, who do some kind of design know something or a little bit about marketing. And we you know, we should know that we need to know our audience. So yeah. uh, web developers or designers who don't know their audience are probably going to the, you know, uh, the designers from hell category, I would say. I guess the problem arises when the 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 web designer or developer has no empathy with the client mm. and is just just irritated by them look it's obvious you know you just do this thing come on you just click on the menu it's a bit like when you talk to your your mother-in-law or something about how to get something to work on the computer you get exasperated on the end of the phone thinking no just just click the start menu you know the start bottom left no 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 not that bottom left no the other bottom left you know, and then click, no, all right, third menu, is it maybe the third menu, maybe the fourth menu down? No, 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 and it goes on like that. And so in the end, your blood boils and you, you end up kind of thinking, as a web developer, you might think, oh, they're just silly, they're just idiots. Well, they're not, they just don't get it, you know, and it's hard yeah. to get it because it's impenetrable if you've never done it before. Yeah. Okay, moving on then. Yeah, shall we talk about one that you put down here, which was just hand over the site and expect the user to be able to service their website? Boy, this is a hard one because I work in the process that if if they... Well, there's always a, a period of grace. There's always a 30 or 60 day period of grace where I'll help them. Um, but very often I'll hand over the website and in that 30 or 60 days, it all works perfectly. So they don't need me. And then you've got the client who doesn't come onto one of my care plans, so I have no obligation to help them. And then maybe six months later, they'll phone up and say, oh, I've broken it because I've done this to it or I've done that to it. Um, and, and I'm stuck. I don't really know what I should do to them. So it's not like I'm handing it over and expecting them to use it. I'm handing it over and kind of expected them to get back to me a little bit sooner if, if something was difficult. Um, mm -hmm. I, if they're on my care plans, I help them. But boy, you know, what do you do with people who come back six months later and say, I can't use it or something's broken and it's and it's and either it's their fault or they just didn't access the materials which you provided to help them. I don't know what you do, really. 
No, I don't know. And I had that last night. I mentioned it, the fact that uh, one of the sites that got updated failed, the plugin failed, and that was somebody who's not on a care plan, who's was a, a job I did for a friend of a friend. But uh, yeah, I've had to write a, an email explaining that yeah, I can't give free help, you know. Yeah, um, it's difficult because you don't want to be unhelpful. But like, you know, the I guess a good analogy would be you wouldn't really expect to go back to the mechanic who'd fixed your cam belt six months before and say, well, I, um, I've i run out of petrol and my engine needs rebuilding. Um, but, you know, the cam belt thing that you did six months before, that that does that cover me? Am I am I okay with that? Can you fix it also? Because the cam belt needed fixing, and I paid for that. It's hard, isn't it? No, you've got to, you've got to pay me something for this bit, and you don't. You really don't. Well, I've not yet met anybody who just literally hands over the site and says, "There you go, sort it." But I do have <laughs> I do have this problem, and it is a recurring problem. And in fact, I was just saying to you before we started this that I have this problem coming up in that one of my clients the 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 staffing has changed and so there's a brand new member of staff who's come in and they're going to be taking over the website and mm-hmm. they're expecting me to go in and describe how it all works and get them up to speed but they they aren't they're proposing to pay me nothing for that that's just the expectation and and I am going to have to pen a letter today to say I'm sorry that's not reality um but that's their expectation because mm. I built it, and that's difficult. I don't know how to manage that, apart from decline uh, to do it. But I don't want to lose them as a client because they are really good. But mm. you know, they do need to pay me for that time. Yeah, it, it's a tricky one. It's all communication issues, isn't it, about mm. getting there? I, I mean, I think as soon as you build a, a WordPress site, really, that does need to be maintained. I mean, I've often thought about some of the lower budget clients and whether they really should be on HTML. Um, because it's easier for them to maintain. But what always happens is that most of my work is coming from somebody who started people off with HTML sites and then they want extra functionality. So yeah, it's not the answer there. <laughs> I saw something recently. Now, I'm going to misremember this, but I saw some new service. I think what I'm about to say is true. Some new service, which is a new kind of way of approaching WordPress in that it's going to cache the HTML output on their CDN and then serve up HTML. So you'll have a WordPress site, but it's not like a caching plugin which just caches it periodically. It it will, unless you tell it to rebuild itself, it will simply serve up whatever WordPress would have output. There is a difference between it and a normal caching plugin. I can't remember what it is, but it's an interesting approach, um, and it might solve that yeah. very problem. If they don't change it very regularly, you know, you could serve it up at almost the speed of light. But, yeah, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, related, actually, was one of the ones. Oh, I'll just skip one, actually. Okay. Um, was the disappearing developer was one that I put down, which is a follow-on from this in a way. Have you done this? Did you disappear well, on anybody? I, <laughs> I, I think I have. Um, and the interesting story is that, well, not yet, because they haven't come back to me. I came in with my first real proper job, I guess, as davidwomsey.com doing this as a business with uh, a big company, international company, and they 
asked me some questions about the WordPress and they bought their, their site had been developed over years using various developers that I think they got from sites like Elance and Odeskop, which are now I think Upwork. Yeah. And, um, they, it was falling apart. They'd used free plugins, which were no longer supported. And there was lots of different, you know, obviously lots of people have had their hand on it to solve different problems. So I came in and it ended up being a rebuild and lots of other jobs for them. But the same issue here, even though they're a big company and they'd gone through the same problems, they had the site down for a long time and they were, you know, they would have paid anything to get it back, you know, because that was their main business. They still at the end of it, they decided mm, we're not going to take your care plan. You know, we'll think about it, but they never have. And yeah, I find that really so tricky. So now I think I am the disappearing developer because I did say, you know, uh, I wouldn't be around for you, you know, not for their level of work because I have to build my own business unless they buy into something where they can hold me accountable for it. So, right. Um, so I think uh, I'm now. No, I was just, I'm now the disappeared one. Yeah, I, I think that's fine because if you've spelled out that this is the level that we provide. So in what I just described, 30, 60 day period of grace where you'll help them with the site. And then I think it's okay actually to say, okay, it's over to you now on the understanding that if you break anything or fiddle with anything and it breaks, that that's, that's your lookout. I think it's okay to disappear on that basis. Do you, um, do you literally not respond to their emails if they email in, in, in pain? How, how do you how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, I haven't disappeared yet on them, but I don't intend to do any more work for them. So uh, uh, I would sort of say no to anything that came up. So I wouldn't exactly disappear, but they had disappearing in developers. That's how I came in. Yeah. But I guess they probably went through this before. And in some ways, I can see it the way that they're such a large organization <clears throat> over different continents. And uh, it's quite difficult to sell something to the head boss, really. And I think that's probably what happens here, you know, to get this long term involvement with another company. So they just solve problems as problems come up. But that's their problem then, because the developer can't, you know, they can't contact them any longer or they're too busy to do anything. Yeah, I guess a way to avoid this is to is to have the expectation that all support queries will go through some sort of support forum or support portal um mm. so in other words the expectation right from the beginning is i don't reply to emails for technical queries um mm. and then <clears throat> if you're on a care plan you've got access to the support network and if you're not on a care plan you have no access to support and your emails are going to go unanswered because well i don't answer those kind of emails that's it's difficult isn't it because presumably they've got your email address at some point um mm. but you could always have a canned response uh, this this appears to be of a technical nature. Please reply to the support support forum, and if you're not a member, please click here and sign up for a package or whatever. Maybe that's a way of doing it. But yeah, I think it's okay to disappear on that basis. You're not being unkind. You haven't been unsympathetic, but you are trying to stay in business, um, mm. and I, I think that's fine. I guess the problem arises is when people literally, well, I don't know, half build a site realize they've taken on too much and then just clear off without telling anybody. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm sure that stuff happens and gets us all a bad name, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, yes, I've heard plenty of those stories. Yeah, um, and I, I guess, like you say, if you're using services like Elance or Upwork, um, you don't know these people. You don't have any background with them. You've got no history. It's They're not going to be 
looking out for you maybe quite as well as somebody that you've met face to face and you know and you know where their office is and you realize they're real people if it's all offshore stuff it's going to be i don't know more likely shall we say i could be misjudging that but there you go okay i think we've done that one yeah well i put down um not specializing mm. which is a bit controversial mm. generalist or specialist or controversial yeah so, I mean, my take on this is that I used to be terrible at saying yes to everything. In, in fact, it was worse than that. I think I had, if the phone rang and one of my clients asked me to do something, I assumed that it was my responsibility to answer with the word yes. In other words, I must do this because I'm the person that did the website. And sometimes I would say yes to things and I'd put the phone down. I think I have no idea how I'm going to achieve what they've just asked me to do. I mean, sometimes it was easy and I had to open up Photoshop, which is not my strength, and learn how to do something, um, which didn't take very long. But if, it, if it's some technical coding thing, I, um, I, I've i become much better at saying, actually, I, I can't do that for you, but I'm going to find somebody that does and uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get you hooked up and we'll get you a solution. But I've put myself in so many ridiculous positions and been up so many late nights trying to achieve things that I was never able to do. I always managed to pull it off in the end thus far, but uh, I'm I'm better at that now and realising that I cannot do everything. I shouldn't be good at everything. I should be quite good at a few things and, and pretty good at a, a small collection of things. So that's my approach nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw when I was uh, thinking about how I was going to start this business as i mean i've changed my mind a lot about how i'm going in the future but when i was originally putting up my davidwarmsey.com site it was just going to be a standard web designer site pitching for business and i looked around at the competition at that time i was part of the genesis framework group and i looked at most of the people who you know would seem to be doing quite well and sensible in that group but i was really surprised to see that most were generalists in a way but it was selling the same bunch of services and I could not tell them apart and I thought yeah I think there's been a move in WordPress anyway um, to try and specialize I see more of that but Mm. but I think we're still there I don't think many people get much business do they from their design websites I don't know I mean yeah it's tricky I I know that I'm getting better at that kind of stuff anyway so um, yeah I'm I'm glad that I'm not trying to be perfect at everything anymore. That's for sure. What else yeah. have we got? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I put the designers, if you like, who complain about their clients, and I'm one of these for not giving them a problem to solve or don't have business aims for their site, um, yet sell themselves on their own visual output. You're going to have so to explain they, this one because I, I'm, I struggle with this one a bit. I don't think I understood myself then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know the situation is really following on from those um, sites that you see that designers have. So you go to their site and look at my portfolio. Here's my lovely websites. Don't they look pretty? So you get your client in via that method of selling and then have a problem that they don't come to you with a business aim. Mm. Yeah. You know, Um the beautiful websites have kind of taken over haven't they there's so much emphasis on the way that things look um and i actually really struggle to find the balance between selling the the, the aims of a business which i consider to be words really um 
as opposed to the, the the visuals of it. The visuals I find much more straightforward. The words I'm kind of relying on the client to do. I've got a client at the minute who, and we really can't between us. We can't thrash out what what they what it is that makes them unique. Mm. Um, and they're very helpful. They they are helping me. But as a um, as a web developer, if I wasn't pushing them to do that, they would um, they would have just settled for whatever I said. Oh, should we just put these words at the top and shove that picture in there? But uh, over the years, I've learned that that really doesn't get you anywhere. You've got to have a pithy short message, and it's got to be impacting, and so on and so forth. Um, but it's very hard as a developer, just thinking about it from my point of view, it's very hard as a developer to, uh, if they won't give me the information about what their UVP is or what it is that they're trying to push specifically, where where what areas they're trying to push into, it's very hard for me to do that. Um, and as a, as a client, there must be the expectation, I suppose, that Oh, he's just going to build as a website. They're going to solve all of the problems, whether it's copy or images. They're just going to do it all. And of course, that's not my area of strength. I can I can build the thing, but I'm not a marketer particularly, and I kind of rely on other people to do those aspects for me. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I was trying to get at with this one. Really, is the fact that I've seen a move. I've seen a you know those initial web designer websites were focusing largely on how glamorous other websites looked and coming for the business focusing very much on the aesthetics and that's what you were getting and i've seen that move where <clears throat> a lot more of us are saying no we need to sell the uh, what value this is to your business what it can do for your business but i see everybody also moving towards that instead but it, it's still very generic it doesn't help a client to choose you know because all now if it's not the visuals who say you know we're going to help to you know get you a good return on your business we're focused on that but there's no real clarity there there's still uh, back to that generalist thing here where i think you know it's it's difficult for us uh, in this web building community to get over our message to clients about who we're for yeah i guess you've got to be clear as a developer or a you know web builder or whatever um what it is that they need and to squeeze that stuff out of them right at the start um otherwise it's going to be a difficult project but they very quite quite often when i have meetings with clients they are so vague you know you'll ask them what's the purpose of the client and on my form on my website i i insist upon five um, points. What is it you're trying to achieve with this website? Five points. And usually, and I say usually, at least 70% of the time, those five points are just so bland. It's like, you know, mm. I want to rank at the top of Google. I want to sell more. And then I have to go back to them and say, no, 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 no. Specifically, very specifically, what do you want? You know, do you want to be discovered more in this particular town? Do you want to be featured against this particular keyword? Do you want to increase your sales online by 10%? And um, yeah, without me pushing that stuff down their throat, they basically most of my clients just want a website. I just want a website, and um, <laughs> and it's hard. It's yeah, it's difficult. So and, and as a as a developer, if you don't do that, then the client would assume when you hand the site over, well, that's not what I wanted. No, 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 I didn't want that site. I wanted a different site. I wanted it to be more this, have more have more <laughs> zing, <laughs> as we talked about last week, and have a different message. No, no, you got the message wrong. No, no, I'm not trying to do uh, Well, okay, we, we should have had that conversation at the beginning. Let's start again. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's my take on that one. 
Yeah, and I don't think there's necessarily anything to do with budgets on this. Uh, I saw a conversation um, about this, which in what we were talking about with the SEO service at the end of that build, you know, but that was a client who wasn't paying a lot of money and one for those services. But in my experience, not that I have many high paying uh, customers that I've worked for, but they're no different in in, in that. Well, maybe that's just the people who come to us, but, you, you know, it's not that the higher budget guarantees that you'll get a better brief mm. Mm. in my experience. So, um, I think it's also important for people like me to do research before we agree to take projects on. I think it's important that if I'm going to build a site for, I don't know, an automotive company that I do half a day's, you know, trawling around trying to work out what their competitors are up to which ones are ranking well and figuring out why before I take it on. In fact, the way I work is I before I submit the proposal and go and see them in person, I spend quite a long time looking at what their website's like at the minute and what their rivals are doing and what's going on in their um, community, if you like. I might try and find some sort of specific news items that are of, of interest at the moment, you know, who's buying who out, that kind of thing just to be a little bit more aware so that I can ask them the right questions when we sit through the discovery process. But there you are. I don't know if we're finished. Yeah. Have we gone through them all? Uh, well, I was. I put another one out. You know, that oh, go on. Sorry, I missed it. Being a, yeah, a handholder and a mercenary. Oh, yeah, uh, in some ways, we touched on this, but we. it's that finding that balance. If we don't find that balance right, I think we become the designers from hell, you know? Yeah, I... Um... I, I, oh, I try to stay away from the hand-holding bit because I like to work and just get on with it by myself. Um, but some of my clients really do need hand-holding. You know, they, they want to be there through every step of it. And I actually had a client who basically wanted daily updates. They wanted to see my progress on a day-by-day -day basis. So they wanted Ooh. to be able to log in at kind of nine in the morning. Well, not log in, but... They wanted the site to be built um, on a live server and they wanted to see, and oh boy, that was a lesson. Um, they wanted too much from me and they wanted to make amendments on a day-by-day -day basis. And because at the time I was doing this, I was much more inexperienced and much more willing to say, yes, I let it happen. And, and the project never moved forward because I was constantly changing things that were minor that really all should have been summed up at the end. So it's hard. You know, she would have seen me as um, remiss if I'd have said, no, we're not doing it that way. We're leaving it until the very end. She she was very controlling. Um, mm. But, um, you know, for my process, I needed to be far more distant than that. And and that's not being mercenary, I don't think. I just needed her mm. to sort of step down and I, I never enforced it. And it was a silly mistake, which I learned. So now we don't do those kind of things. Mm. I've been fascinated by some of the conversations I've seen all over the web, really, on this kind of thing, mm. where you will see, I see them in the Beaver Builder Facebook group, the handholders who look after their clients. Now, they're very likely to have um, customers who are going to praise them. They're going to have raving reviews from these people, which we all want yeah. and need for our businesses, because most of our work, I think, this seems to be the case, comes through referrals. So we need that. But then I also see the other types. That they, they also get a bit of a knocking from those people who say, you know, you need to get your act together else you'll lose all your time and won't be paid enough and won't stay in business, which is correct as well if you overhandhold and use up too much time. And then we've got the other side where we've got the, the sort of mercenary types who appear on threads where they just don't get up unless they're being paid 
$200 an hour. I suppose it comes down largely to your personality type. You know, mm. there are there are genuinely just givers, aren't there, who will just keep going and keep giving and keep giving because that's how they are made and that's what they see as an important purpose in life. Um, and there are others who don't have that attitude. And I guess as, as a business, you've got to strike a balance, whatever works for you, if, if, if you can make a living out of being available all the time for your clients and it works then that's fine and if being mercenary has proven to work well okay so be it <laughs> I, I think you've got to personally I, I want to be somewhere in the middle I don't want <laughs> to be considered mercenary but I, I can't do the whole hand holding every minute of every day because that's not profitable the way I've set my stuff up mm. but yeah it's fascinating really interesting yeah which we can just go on to the last one, I think, which okay. runs on from this one, is uh, the person who doesn't explain the costs to the client. Oh, right. Go on, you explain this one then. Well, really, it's one that I'm struggling with, really, when I'm talking about a job that's coming up. I realize that it doesn't make sense to people, uh, a lot of what I'm saying, because probably 80% of what I can do for somebody is great because the tools are already there for me to use it. I've got a great page built. I've got something like WP Toolkit, which can do an awful lot of stuff. But there might be about 20% of their brief, which is going to take up more than 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. And and trying to get that over and explain the cost to people because they see, you know, I can do something wonderful for a very low budget. And then they want some, you know, tiny little thing like something to move on the screen that needs some clever javascript or something that i can't do you know do you break and, uh, down your proposals then when you do this do you would you give them the 80 percent would you explain to them that the 80 let's say it's on a on a site which is for argument's sake a thousand pounds you would say i could do this 80 percent for 200 but if you want the other 20 percent it's going to cost you a further 800 do you give them that level of detail yeah, that's kind of how it's going. Do our best. It's just that it's very difficult to explain this. These are in the early stages where they're saying we want this and we're trying to get some sort of brief about what it is that they want. And, you know, just explaining that often they will point to a site and say we'd like something like this mm. and then point to another site and say we also like something like this. And one site they won't be able to tell the difference is a site that easy could knock up you know yeah <laughs> for literally a few hundred quid because it's not going to take me long because i've got the tools in existence the other one is clearly some you know hundred thousand pound job because it's got some really clever functionality and they, you know the client cannot understand i mean i, I think i do a reasonably good uh, explanation of this but i do realize that a lot of the time clients are lost in me explaining what they can get for the money yeah it's difficult isn't it i guess i guess you you need to yeah, well, I was going to say structure it differently so that you you tell them that the the eighty percent costs eighty percent. Um, mm. Sorry, that the well, the flip it mm. in other words. You know, the the easy mm. bit costs eighty percent, and the hard bit costs the remaining twenty percent. Mm. Um, and then at least if they only go for the easy bit, you've made the eighty percent, and the twenty percent, yep. which is eighty percent of the work, you, you'll get. But you know that would be a little bit on top. But you'd still be quids in if they only went for the the easier part. It's hard though. Mm. I know exactly what you mean. I t I tend to talk very very little about WordPress when I'm actually mm. working with people. Um, I don't describe the plugins. My, my fear, I suppose, is that people are going to work out that well. You know, let's say somebody says they want a contact form, and and I just sort of say, okay, yeah, we can. Uh, 
you know, there's a whole variety of plugin options. My fear is that they'll go off, explore how much they actually cost and then say, well, I'm not paying you that. I can get it for this. Um, mm-hmm. So I tend to talk about those those difficult bits very little and, and use sort of high, what's the word, like 10,000 mile overview language um, mm-hmm. and and don't describe how I'm going to do it. And that's the way I've I've come to deal with those kind of things. So yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Are we um are we about through then? I think. I think we've been going on for some time. I think we have. Yeah. We've in fact, according to my little clock here, we're into the sort of three quarters of an hour kind of time. So we should probably wind it up. Um, we always do this thing. I don't think anybody last week got to the end of the podcast because nobody said what the little magic words were. I don't think. So this week, let's put one in and just see because it's a good, good little tool of analytics. If nobody puts it in, <laughs> then we know we're boring people, and we should keep these to six minutes instead of forty-six minutes. So uh, what should we go for? Let's go for um, I like bacon. I like bacon. There you go. Uh, I, I do actually. So I like bacon. I like bacon. And um, yeah, where can we find you, David, apart from on these WPBuilds.com podcasts? Where else are you hanging out and what are you doing this week? Yeah, well, you can find me on my website, which is uh, davidwarmsey.com. And you can also, if you're a Beaver Builder person, you can go over to beaverjunction.com where I'm keeping all my um, demos that I do. Um, so that's where you can find me. And what am I doing this week? Um, well, I'm trying to build a website with WP Toolset for the first time, a real serious one. So that's yeah, going to keep no- me busy. I've noticed you um, asking pertinent questions about the WP build. Uh, sorry, WP Types Toolset plugin. That's mm. that's it's fascinating. Um, I think you're going to be. Uh, eclipsing just about everybody soon and if you are a beaver builder user please do go to beaver junction because david's stuff is awesome it's really really good and it's incredibly helpful and you can get a demo site for and all you've got to do in return is add up to one digit numbers um and if you can't do that frankly you know should you be there anyway so um (laughs) yeah i'm nathan wrigley and i um am at pictureandword.co.uk and uh, this week, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I've spent a whole week without my Mac. My Mac died last week in a fairly yeah. catastrophic way, and I've only just got it back. So I think I'm going to be picking up the pieces and replying to emails and working out a strategy for if my Mac uh, should die again. Um, and I might have a little look at our site, actually, over the next few days, wpbuilds.com, and yeah. um, and see if I can muck around with that and get the padding to be correct and so on and so forth. So there we are. That was um, episode, I'm going to say four. Is that right? It is right. Yay. Yeah. And, and actually, can we ask people to tell us what they would like for episode five if anyone's got to this point? Yeah, that's a good point. We we love to respond to actual things that people want to talk about rather than us creating them randomly. So if you've got something you want to know or not know, that's the wrong word. If you would like us to discuss something, please let us know. There's comments on our website, Facebook comments, they are, um, or there's a contact form, please use those. And as always, um, we're going to fade you out with some incredibly cheesy music, which hopefully by now is fading in, if I've done it correctly. Um, It should be very cheesy. It should be really cheesy now. This... This bit here, just about that bit there. That was cheesy, and it's getting cheesier and cheesier until finally, oh, jeez. Right, have a nice, uh, have a nice week, David, and I'll see you again soon. Yeah, bye-bye. bye bye.